All right. Thank you for joining me again for Rev Kev and the root where we get to the root and not just the shoot. Amen. Dealing with the the roots of uh, human behavior. And we've been talking about uh, realms and the trichotomy of mankind. Realms and the trichotomy of mankind. Before we get started, let's say a word of prayer. Father, I ask that you would anoint my lips, that you would anoint my thoughts, Lord, that you would help me to speak only that which you have for me to say. And Lord, that I take no credit, no credit at all, no glory for that which you have given me because the words belong to you. The concepts, the precepts belong to you. Everything, even myself, I belong to you. And so, Lord, your word says that uh, that we should do all whatever we do. We should do everything to the glory of you, to the glory of God. And so, Father, I thank you that you have not left me ignorant, but that you have showed me Lord, uh, your word and you have showed me some of your precepts and your commandments and you have given me the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit to lead me, to guide me, uh, to give me wisdom, to give me insight and to give me skill uh, in, in proclaiming your word. And so, Lord, I ask, Lord, that you would, Lord, continue to give us all of us that are seeking after you give us revelation because Yeshua, Jesus, you said that blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness because they will be filled. And I thank you that the Holy Spirit that you've given the Holy Spirit to teach us and to guide us, to lead us into all the truth. And so, Lord, I thank you that your word is truth containing no error at all. And so, Lord, I thank you that your word is living, that it's active, that it is a word that is good for today, it's good for tomorrow, it's good for 10 years and 20 years and 30 years and 100 years from now. Your word is still applicable to the human experience. And so, Lord, I ask that you would just speak to us to this day, Lord, and, and all of us, Lord, that are truly seeking, not those who are just looking and listening to be critical, but those who are looking and listening, Lord, so that they might learn more about you. And so, Lord, I just ask that in the name of Yeshua, Lord, that you would glorify yourself through me in the words that are said, because your word says that a man or a woman cannot receive anything except it be given them from up above, which is where you are, Lord, in your kingdom, in, in, in heaven, Lord. And so, Lord, I thank you that this Mishkan, that this tabernacle uh, is a replication on earth of what the, the Mishkan or the temp, the tabernacle looks like in heaven. I thank you, Lord, that you have given us visible things to look at so that, that we can see a little bit of what is going on in the spirit. But, Lord, help us not to just be uh, uh, tied to this natural realm, but to realize that there is also a spiritual realm which is where all of the natural things that we see came out of. And so, Lord, I ask that you would speak, Lord, that you would glorify yourself through me. In the name of Yeshua, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's begin with our foundational scripture. It's found in Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5. Uh, and we're going to begin, uh, let me see, with uh, verse... Number Hebrews 5, verse 11, it says of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For every one that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good 
and evil. They had their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Let's read that together one more time in Hebrews chapter 5, beginning with verse number 11. The writer here says, Of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For every one that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belonging to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. And, you know, one of the things that the Holy Spirit just quickened to my spirit while I was reading that is that we can only function uh, where we are. We, you know, a baby can't try to do adult things. If you're new in the faith, if you just come to faith in Christ, in Yeshua, then you're a babe. You're a baby and you should be where you are, you know, and, and, and a baby, uh, like I said, doesn't do adult things. A baby does baby things. And so right now, some people are only able to drink milk, the milk of the word. They're not ready for the meat of the word. And none of us who are further along in the Lord, in Yeshua, should make them feel bad about where they are because we all were there at one time. There's no human being that started off in this life as a grown person. There's no one who started off in this life as a grown person except Adam or Adam because God didn't, didn't make him from a baby. He formed him as a man, you see. But all of us other than that uh, began in our mother's womb. And we were born as a baby and we did baby things. You know, we 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 uh, we breastfed, we sucked a bottle, uh, uh, you know, we we uh, we cried, we we wet our diapers. We did all those kind of things. But it's like what Paul said, the Apostle Paul, Shaul, that's his name in, 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 uh, in the uh, Greek, Shaul. He said that when I was a child. I thought as a child, you know, I acted as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. And so it is a process of growth. It is a process of time, you see. Uh, uh, and, and God uh, working with us, the Holy Ghost working with us to help us to grow up. The Bible says grow up in Christ, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But here he said, the writer says in the book of Hebrews, he says that, you know, uh, uh, for, for some, of, some of them are still babies. And so the only thing that they can handle right now is milk. But then in, in one sense, he also gives a rebuke because he says by now, all of this time has passed. So by now, and it's not just time passing, but it's, it's, it's lessons that have been taught. It's, it's communication that has been given by the apostles to, to their disciples, you see. And he says that all of this time has passed, all of this teaching is done, and you're still a babe. You, you know, there's something wrong with that picture when all of this time has passed, all of this teaching has been done, and you're still a baby. But nevertheless, if you are a baby, then all you can handle is milk. But when you become mature, you see, and, and there there is uh, God grows us up. But there is a certain level of responsibility that you and I have to uh, to exercise, to to do the things that it takes to become mature. You see, he said that they, they exercise their senses. They exercise their sense of smell. They exercise their sense of taste. They exercise their sense of touch. You see, you, we can't live in a, in a bubble, but that we have we have a certain amount of responsibility so that we might become mature. You see, and the only way to become mature is to exercise, is to use our senses. And in the natural, there is six senses. But in the spiritual, there is also senses. We've already talked about that that we also have senses and things that are uh, uh, twins, so to speak, 
to our natural senses, just like the sense of smell in the spiritual. It would be discernment, you see, and our sense of sight in the natural in the spiritual. We need revelation. We see things in the natural through our natural eyes. But in the spirit, we're looking through uh, 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 spiritual eyes. And so we can we don't look in the spiritual like we look at the natural, you see, because with the natural realm, the material realm that we live in, and that's why we're calling it realms and the trichotomy of man, because in the natural realm that we live in, there, 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 there is uh, 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 a uh, material element about it. You can touch it. You can see it. You can taste it. You can feel it and all those kind of things. But in the spiritual realm, then you need different senses. They're somewhat alike, but yet they're different because our physical because in this physical realm we have a physical body that have physical senses so that we will be able to function in this realm but in the spiritual realm we have a spiritual body and paul talks about that in i think it's first corinthians or second corinthians chapter 15 where we have a spiritual body that has spiritual senses so that we can function in the spiritual realm you see and some things we will never see or know if we try to function in the spiritual realm like we do in the natural realm with our natural mind, with our natural eyes, with our natural ears, with our natural nose, with our all of that. We'll never be able to grasp the spirit realm if we only function in that way. So we, we need our we need our spiritual senses to be able to function in the spirit. That's why, you know, let, let's just move on. Uh I want to read you something else out of the book of Hebrews uh, in, uh, I believe it's in chapter 11. Uh, it says here that, let me see if, uh, in Hebrews chapter 11, he says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. There are things that are not seen that are just as real as the things that are seen, you see. He says in, in uh, verse two of Hebrews chapter 11, he says, for by it, the elders, speaking of faith, that's what he's talking about. Faith right here. He says, for by faith, for by it, the elders obtained a good report. Now, verse three of Hebrews chapter 11 says through faith, we understand. Now, listen at this. Listen, please listen at this. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse three, he says through faith. And I say he because they're really not sure who wrote the book of Hebrews, but it would seem that by the style of writing and some of the things that are said, it would, seem, it would hint at the fact that Paul wrote it, but we really don't know. However, we do believe that it is the uh, infallible inspired word of God. Hebrews chapter 11, verse three says, through faith, we understand, and who is he talking about? We, us believers. Through faith, we understand that the world's were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Now, let me read that again. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number uh, three. He says, through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. And so what is he saying? What he's saying is that everything that is seen came from an unseen place. And that unseen place is the spirit realm. Everything that we see, the, the, the everything, the, the trees, uh, you know, the, the sun, the moon, the stars, uh, people, everything, everything that was made was made from things that do not appear. You can't just look at it with the naked eye and, uh, you know, but, but yet it was manifested into the natural. And that's what God is doing all the time. I said before that nothing in God, God himself or nothing about him is, uh, um, static, Nothing about God and God himself is not static. God is dynamic and everything about him and what he does is dynamic. Now, let me read again uh, out of uh, Romans, because Paul says in Corinthians that we look not at the things which are seen, 
but we look at things which are not seen for the things that are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Now, let me let me continue on with this thought about seen and unseen things, because Paul um, and we notice that Paul wrote the book of Romans because in, in verse one of Romans chapter one, it says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle or one sent forth, uh, separated unto the gospel of God. An apostle is one that's sent. Now, in um, Romans chapter one, verse number 18, it says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men and women who hold the truth in unrighteousness because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. All of us have that knowledge that we know, even the atheist knows that there is a God for God has shewed it unto them. Now listen at this for the invisible things, the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. He says again in verse number 20, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. You could, you could, God is, is not just, uh, 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 a being, a spiritual being that is confined to a synagogue or a synagogue service. He's not confined to a church or a church service, but God is manifested in the trees. He's manifested in the birds. He's manifested in the sun. He's manifested in the moon. I'm not saying worship the sun, the moon, the trees and all those kind of things. That's not God, but those things speak something, give us some revelation about him. You see, it's just like words. Words are not me, but people can tell you something about me, maybe. And, 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 and that will that will give you more revelation about me. But yet that's the words are not me. The words are only showing who I am, you see, or something about me rather. OK. All right. And last time we talked, we talked, uh, you know, we were talking about the Mishkan, the tabernacle of God that dwelling place of God. And let me say this from the outset that I am not here to try to persuade anyone to be a part of any particular denomination. I'm not here to persuade anyone to be any part of any particular society. I am not here to try to persuade anyone to be a part of any particular denomination or church. You see, because as I said earlier, that uh, in conversation that we can be in the church, but not connected to God. We can be in a denomination, but not be connected to God. But we cannot be connected to God and not be a part of the church. You see, because in the Greek, the word church is ecclesia, which means the called out ones. And so you could be one of the called out ones, but yet you know, you don't have any church affiliation, but let me say this also that we, the Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as is the manner of some. We know that it's important to have community. We know it's important to spend time with people that, uh, that love Yeshua, that love God, that love Elohim, that, that love Hashem, you see. Uh, and I'm not talking about, uh, people that, you know, um, uh, that, 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 uh, have their own agendas or anything like that. But I'm simply saying what I'm saying. Excuse me. Uh, so as we go forward in the podcast, let me say good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is where you are. I'm not sure if I greeted you all, but forgive me if I did not, I don't think I did, but good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is where you are. This podcast episode uh, is a series really, but it's called, uh, the, the, um, it's Rev Kev in the root is the name of the podcast. The series is, uh, realms and the trichotomy of mankind. And for this particular podcast episode, I've entitled it, uh, Safa Abar Kadem Ayam, uh, Safa Abar Kadem Ayin, 
is the title of this particular uh, podcast. Let me say that again. Safa Abar Kadem Ayin is the title uh, because we want to look at. I told you last podcast that we were going to that we were going to go back into the tabernacle, but we were going to look at the tabernacle from the inside out, beginning at the furthest most part of the tabernacle or the Mishkan, which is the holy of holies, where the Ark of the Covenant is uh, and where the mercy seat sits on top of the Ark of the Covenant and where uh, the the cherubim sits on top of the mercy seat that's on top of the Ark of the Covenant. And, uh, you know, the high priest, the, the, uh, the, the uh, went in there once, once a year, the uh, Kohen Gadol, the high priest went in there once a year and, and offered blood, you know, uh, in everything that is in the tabernacle has to do with blood. Let me tell you something. If we're trying to uh, uh, function or if we're trying to operate in the spirit realm, but yet we don't have faith in the blood of Christ and in the sacrifice of Christ on the cross, then we're not really, we're not even able to even make the first steps in, in this, in this journey, because first of all is, is in foremost is the faith in Yeshua that we need to have in his sacrifice on the cross and belief that he died for us and that he rose again on the third day. And I also mentioned in the last podcast, I talked about a, an automobile and I talked about the engine. You know, how some people get enamored with the outside of the car, a Jaguar or Bugatti or whatever looks so nice on the outside. And they, uh, and they go on the inside and they're just, you know, floored by the beauty of this vehicle. But yet we don't really know how it really operates and, 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 and we don't know what really makes it go. And, and the thing that makes it go is what the engine and the transmission and the, and the drive shaft and all those kind of things. But and so there are things in the spirit that makes our journey go, that makes our journey work, that makes our spiritual experience work. And one of the things that makes it work is what's found on the inside of the Ark of the Covenant, which is the 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 the, uh, the Torah, you know, is is found there. The tablets that God gave to, uh, to, uh, to Moshe Rabbeinu, uh, uh, Moshe Rabbeinu, I'll get it out. He gave them to Moshe. Let me just say that. He gave the, 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 the tablets to Moshe. Uh, a little tongue tied there. Forgive me for that. But, uh, he gave them to Moshe and he told him to put those tablets inside of the Ark of the Covenant. You see, because without a covenant, then nothing else works in our relationship. We won't we won't even have a relationship with God without a covenant. It's all about the covenant that God made between himself and his people. You see, and also, uh, you know, God is a God of experience, experiences. Let me say that in the plural experiences. And so he takes the uh the the rod that uh budded when Aaron and Moses were uh uh when the people came against Aaron and Moses and the the rod that budded and and God that was an experience where God uh he we can say he vindicated uh Moshe and Aharon but at the but uh but at the same time, it wasn't really about him vindicating them because he was the one who put them in that position where as leaders in the first place, you see. And then there was the, the gold pot of manna or manna, which uh, the Lord fed the children of Israel, fed us every day with manna. And that's why Jesus said, you know, he taught his disciples to pray. Give us this day our daily break. Give us this day our manna. We're depending on you daily to sustain us, you see. And so with all of these things that are, were inside of the Ark of the Covenant, you know, those are the foundation stones of our experience. Those are the foundation stones that we need in place in our lives before we can even begin to function in any other area uh, 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 of our spiritual journey. We need to understand those things and that we have a covenant. And what are the conditions of that covenant? Because every covenant is conditional. 
A covenant today would be called a will. You see, and in some Bibles, you'll read when it talks about the when it gets to the New Testament, when you get out of the former covenant or the Old Testament, then it starts talking about the New Testament, the new will or testament of Jesus Christ. You see. And so, you know, there are conditions and God is not just going to work on our behalf just because we have faith in him or at some point in our lives, we gave our lives to Yeshua, to Jesus. But yet now we're not keeping the conditions of that covenant. Then God is not obligated to do anything for us, you see. And so with that covenant comes responsibility on our part so that we see if we don't understand that, then we can say, you know, I rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. And we can do all these things and all this kind of stuff. But does it work? It won't work for us because he said, if you do these things, then you see. And so the, the, the responsibility is on us to keep the covenant. God is going to keep his end of the covenant. God has never failed any one of us. There's nobody listening right now that can tell me that God ever failed you. Nobody. You see. But yet there's probably many people that are listening that can say, I failed God. You can say you failed God in, in whatever area it is, you see. And so we have to keep our end of the covenant with God. Amen. You see, and, 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 and I told you uh, in our last podcast that, that, that when you look at the the uh, the Ark of the Covenant, speaking of keeping covenants, the Ark of the Covenant, when you look at the, the construction of it and you look at the fact that there is these articles that are in the Ark of the Covenant and then there is a mercy seat directly on fitted on top of that Ark of the Covenant. And then on top of that, there are what is called the cherubim or cherubs of God, the angels of God that spread their wings out above the mercy seat. You see, and I want I want to just read a couple of uh, of, of scriptures that uh, that talk about these angelic beings, because it's important for us to understand that angels have a lot to do with uh, the uh, the Ark of the Covenant and the agreement that God has made with each and every one of us. We're not in this struggle alone. We're not in this world alone we're not in this journey alone you see and 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 uh, you know the bible says in all of your getting get understanding you see don't just let somebody tell you something about god and you don't understand what they're talking about but but the bible says in john in first john i believe it is that the anointing will teach you all things because we need some uncovering we need some revelation you see, like I said earlier, when you look at this natural realm through your natural eyes, these eyes are for this realm. But when you look at the spiritual things, we need revelation, which is our spiritual eyes. You see. So let's read in Shemot or Exodus. Uh, beginning with chapter number 25, 10 through 22, Exodus 25, 10 through 22. And it says, and they shall make an ark of Shedem wood, two cubits and a half shall be the length thereof, and a cubit and a half shall be the breadth thereof, and a cubit and a half shall be the height thereof. And thou shalt overlay it with pure gold within and without, shalt thou overlay it, and shalt make upon it a crown of gold round about. And thou shalt cast four rings of gold for it, and put them in the four corners thereof. And we talked about, you know, the four directions north south east and west and we talked about balance in the things of god there's always balance he said four corners he said take care of all four corners and two rings shall be in the one side of it and two rings in the other side of it and thou shalt make staves of shedem wood and overlay them with gold and thou shalt put the staves into the rings by the sides of the ark that uh, that the ark may be born with them the staves shall be in the rings of the ark. They shall be shall not be taken from it. And thou shalt put into the ark the testimony which I shall give thee. And thou shalt make a mercy seat of pure gold. Two cubits and a half shall be the length thereof. And a cubit and a half shall be the breadth thereof. And thou shalt make two cherubims. Remember, we're talking about angels now. Make two cherubims of gold 
of beaten work. Now, these beings are spiritual beings. Now, this gold is so that they can be represented on the earth. God is showing us a picture of what the cherubim, uh, uh, what their job is and in somewhat what they look like. And thou shalt make two cherubims of gold of beaten work shalt thou make them in the two ends of the mercy seat. And the two ends, one, one on each end, that means balance. Everything in God has balance. And make one cherubim on the one end and the other cherubim on the other uh, end. Even of the mercy seat shall ye make the cherubims uh, on the two ends thereof. And the cherubims shall stretch forth their wings on high, covering the mercy seat with their wings. And their faces shall look one to, one to another. Toward the mercy seat shall the faces of the cherubims be. And thou shalt put the mercy seat above upon the ark. And in the ark thou shalt put the testimony that I shall give thee. And there I will meet with thee and I will commune with, with thee from above the mercy seat. From between the two cherubims which are upon the ark of the testimony. Of all things which I will give thee in commandment unto the children of Israel. And the Lord just brought a thought back to my mind that I had mentioned some time ago about a woman that is uh, someone is helping her to to hear the podcast with with some kind of device that uh, that helps her to hear it. And God is saying that he's going to heal her hearing. Don't throw the device away, but keep it as a testimony for, for God. This is what this this uh, in the Ark of the Covenant. God said, put the testimony there. God saves the testimony. He saves his experiences with us. And so should we save our experiences with him. Some time ago in the podcast, I talked about charting our journey and writing down the things that we experience in God as we experience them, not only for us to keep, but to show our children and grandchildren and great grandchildren. This is what God did for me. And this is what this Ark of the, of the Covenant and this 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 testimony, the, the tablets were meant in the Ark of the, of the Covenant. That is showing the things that God had done and also the agreement that is between him and his people. You see, now let me read another passage of scripture is also found in Shemot or Exodus chapter three, verse two. And we read this scripture uh, some time ago when we began talking about uh, our spiritual senses in uh, Exodus three, two. This is what it says, talking about Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu. There we go. Moshe Rabbeinu. That's what I was stumbling on earlier, Moshe Rabbeinu. This uh, in uh, Exodus chapter three, verse two says, and th this is when Moses, uh, well, let me just read verse one. Uh, when Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro in Midian, it says, now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even Horeb. And the angel, now listen, and the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked and behold, the bush burned with fire and the bush was not consumed. And so the angel of the Lord appeared to Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu in the burning bush, as we all know, uh, uh, you know, and, uh, and so God got his attention. But the main thing I want us to see is that the, 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 uh, there was an angelic visitation uh, for Moses. There was an angelic visitation. And some of you have been visited by angels. I have been vis visited by angels. And uh, some of us have not even uh, told anybody. Some of us have. Uh, explained it away or what have you. And there have been situations that you have been in in your life that things would have turned out very much differently if it had not been for the angels of God uh, that uh, that uh, that aided you. Now, listen, Hebrews chapter one, verse seven, it says, and of the angels, he said, who maketh his angels spirits. So the angels are actually spirit beings who makes his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. And the ministers he's talking about there is now he's not talking about the preachers. He's talking about the same thing. If we stay in the context of the verse, he said, who makes his angels uh, spirits. And so there's a continuation. 
who makes his spirit, his angels, spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. Amen. Exodus 23, verse 20. Let me see. Exodus 23. Let me get over there right quick. Time goes by so fast. Exodus 23, uh, beginning with verse 20. 23, 20 through 23. And this is when the angel of God was leading the children of, of uh, Yaakov out of Egypt, out of Mitzrayim. It says in verse 20, behold, the Lord says, behold, I send an angel before thee to keep thee in the way and to bring thee into the place which I have prepared. Angels are sent beings. Ang Angelion is, I believe, is the Greek word. And it means one that is sent. So he says that, behold, I send an angel before thee to keep thee. So that's protection. He's Angels are sent for to guide and to protect, you see. He says to keep thee in the way and to bring thee uh, into the place which I have prepared. So God has already prepared something. Then he sends for the spirit being called an angel to, to, to guard and protect us. And that's, this is what the cherubim do. They guard and protect, uh, he says, and, and, to, uh, and to lead us. He says, beware of him and obey his voice. So angels speak. He said, be, he, they lead. They know, they, first of all, they know the plan of God. God has already told them what his plan is. He sends them forth with that plan. And then they protect us and they lead us and guide us into where God wants us to be. But then they also speak to us because he says, beware of him in verse 21 of, of Shemot or Exodus chapter 23. He says, beware of him and obey his voice. Provoke him not. Provoke him not, for he will not pardon your transgressions, for my name is in him. But if thou shalt indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy unto thine enemies and an adversary unto thine adversaries. And so not only that, but, if, but from the scripture, they're saying it, the scripture is saying in, in Moses, Moshe Rabbeinu wrote uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers and Deuteronomy. And from what Moses seems to be saying here is that uh, and I say seems because sometimes in the in the English, you don't get really what is the, the true uh, wording of what is being said. You have to go to the Hebrew and then you'll see more of what is really being said, the word that is being used. Is it being used in the masculine or is it being used in the feminine? You see, but we don't really have time to get into all of that. Uh, but it should be gotten into because in order to understand a Middle Eastern book, you see, we have to understand the culture and we have to understand the language. Amen. And sometimes I've heard a preacher say that, oh, we don't need all of that, that Hebrew and this. Yes, we need Hebrew. Yes, we need Aramaic. Yes, we need Greek. Because if, you know, let's just say, uh, uh, I'm in love with a woman and I want to understand her, but she's from another culture and she's writing me letters. Don't you think I need to understand her culture and understand her language to be able to understand what she's saying for myself and not have to hear it from someone else who may uh, misinterpret what is being said? I think I'd rather see it myself. Amen. Okay. And so, uh, so the angels of the Lord, the angel of the Lord, we see was sent forth to, to guide us, to guide the children of Yaakov or Israel out of Mitzrayim or Egypt to protect, to guide, and also to, to speak and lead. Okay. So, uh, also in Ezekiel chapter 28, Ezekiel chapter 28, I don't want to spend too much time on, on, uh, on Lucifer, but this is talking about Satan, Lucifer. Uh, Ezekiel 28 and verse number 14. Ezekiel 28 and verse number 14. Ezekiel 28 and verse number 14. And it says, Thou art anointed cherub that covereth. So we see in the on the mercy seat in the uh, Ark of the Covenant. We see that that uh, that uh, the anoint that the cherubim were on top of the mercy seat and their wings extended out 
uh, towards one another and if in they in their faces were towards one another and they covered the the mercy seat. OK, and so he said, thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so thou was upon the holy mountain of God. Thou has walked up and down in the midst of the stone and the fire. Thou has walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. In the midst of the stones of fire. Job chapter number number one. The book of Job chapter number one. Amen. The book of Job chapter number one. Amen. And if your Bible is like my Bible, the book of Job is right before the book of Tehillim or the book of Psalm. Amen. The book of Job 1, 6 through 12. The book of Job 1, 6 through 12. And it says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan, or, or Lucifer, who we just read about in Ezekiel chapter 18, came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence cometh thou then? Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, not in heaven, in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. It reminds me of a scripture in, P in um, the book of Peter where it says, uh, Beware of, for your adversary the devil walketh about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And so one of the things I want us to see is that the, the devil is able to access heaven, but he's also able to access earth. And he's an he was an anointed cherub before he fell uh, and was and, uh, you know, it was found that uh, uh, wickedness or sin was found in him. And God kicked him out of heaven because Jesus said, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. And the book of Revelation says, woe to you, inhabitants of the earth, because the devil, Satan, has come down to you having great wrath for he knows that his time is short. There's a time when God will utterly do away with Satan in, in the bottomless pit. But as for now, he has access not only to heaven, but he has access to earth. And what am I trying to say? That the spirit beings, even though they are spirit beings, they're immaterial. They have access to the material, to the tangible, to this earth. They can they can access heaven and earth. So you say, well, how, how is an angel uh, uh, sent to us and, and how is he going to protect us and things like that? But they can access heaven and earth, even though they don't have a body. Sometimes they appear uh, in, a, in a physical form. Uh, and Satan answered the Lord from, go, from uh, going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job that there is none like him in, in the earth? A perfect an upright man, one that feareth, e feareth uh, God and escheweth evil. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doeth Job fear God for naught? Has not thou made a hedge about him? So the angels know something about our estate. They know something about what's going on in our lives. They have observed us. They watch us. You see, he says, Has thou not made a hedge? How in the world would Satan know that God had made a hedge around Job if he had not been observing Job. God knew that. That's why God asked him that question. And he knew that, that Satan wasn't, wasn't going to just answer him outright and tell him, yeah, I've considered him. I've been looking at him. I've been wondering how I can get to him. You see, he said, he said, he says, uh, has not thou made a hedge about him and about his house? So Job is not only checking out Job personally, but now he's looking at his home. He, he's, he's, a, he's a stalker. You see, he, he, he's looking at Job's uh, every move, really. He's looking at, uh, he, you know, his uh, his wherewithal. And then he's looking at all of his possessions. He's looking at his home. He's looking at his family and all those kind of things. He says, has not thou made a hedge about him and about his house? So I, I've, I've checked him out. You've got a hedge there. Then I figure maybe I can get him at home. No, you made a hedge around his house, too. You see? He said, and about all that he hath. So he's checking out Job. He's checking out his house and he's checking out his possessions. He's checking out everything that Job has. Not only him, not only his residence, but now he's looking at everything that is uh, uh, a part of Job. 
He says about him, about his house and about all that he hath on every side. So Satan is not just looking from one angle to get at us. He's looking at from all angles to be able to get at us on every side. Thou has blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land. But put forth now thy put forth thine hand now and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord uh, said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon himself put uh, not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. You see, and but let me tell you, even though uh, the 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 angelic beings have access to heaven to earth they know what's going on with us they know what's going on with our families and things like that those that are on satan's side because he drugged down uh uh in rebellion there was other angels that followed him and uh two-thirds of the stars of god the bible says in the book of revelation is what followed satan so there are agents of satan there are demonic powers there are demonic angels that uh, are looking to accuse us before god and looking to destroy our lives the Bible said that the thief comes not but to kill, steal, and destroy. That's what Yeshua said. But nevertheless, God is still in control. The devil, the angelic beings, even though we can't see them, they can't do any more to us than what God allows them to do. Whatever Satan did to Job was what God allowed Satan to do. Also, 2 Kings chapter 6. Uh, 2 Kings chapter 6. And uh, this uh, is talking about Elisha, 2 Kings chapter 6. Excuse me. And we're talking about these angels because these angels are in the Mishkan or in the tabernacle or in the temple where God dwells. And they're there on the mercy seat. And so what does all that mean? Um, Ezekiel, I'm sorry, 2 Kings chapter 6, uh, verse 17 and this is where Elisha was surrounded. Him and his servant were surrounded by armies, uh, by the enemy. Uh, in verse 16 and 17, it says, And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Remember, no matter how many uh, demonic uh, angels and spirits there are, there are still more that's with you and I uh, that are a part of this covenant that is found in the Mishkan, in the Holy of Holies, uh, on top of the Ark of the Covenant and, and, and the mercy seat is there. There are more cherubims and seraphims and angels that are with us than are with Satan, you see. And he answered, fear not, for they, this is Elisha talking to his servant. And he answered, fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed, not Elijah, but Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. Now, what eyes is he talking about? He's already, his eyes are already open. He's already looking because he's fearful and he's fearful because of what he sees. But if he only could see what he couldn't see with his natural eyes, he wouldn't be fearful, you see? And that's what Elisha is saying. And that's what I'm talking about. I'm saying that these natural senses that we have in this physical realm, uh, we also have spiritual senses, spiritual hearing, spiritual uh, uh, eyesight, which is revelation in the spirit realm. And to order to operate in this realm, we need these particular uh, 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 senses to be working so that we can operate. Now, in verse 17 of 2 Kings chapter 6, and Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw when the Lord opened his eyes, he saw something that he could not see with his natural eyes. And I beseech you, brethren and sisters, to ask the Lord to open your eyes. I ask him right now to open my eyes so that I can see what I cannot see with my natural eyes. It said "And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. You see, and I, I encourage all of us to read this passage uh, in its entirety in Second King, Second Kings chapter 6, you see, because we need to know some things. And all, all the only way to know is by revelation. The only way to understand is by revelation. The only way to see in this spiritual realm is by revelation. And what we need to know right now, tonight,
in whatever situation that you're going through in your life is that because of the covenant that is there in that ark and because of the mercy seat that sits on top of the ark and because of the cherubim that sit on top of the, the, the mercy seat that sits on top of the ark and because we're a part of that covenant, then uh, there are more with us than are with them. The demonic spirits and angels and stuff works. They work through ignorance. The more ignorant we are to them, the more effective they can operate. But when our spiritual eyes are open in the spiritual realm and we begin to see, then we can say, aha, I see, I see, aha, I see what you're doing. You see, I see not with my natural eyes, but with revelation, with my spiritual eyes that God has opened up. I see also not only what you're doing, but I see the ones that are for me. I see that God has surrounded my life with angels. I see that no matter how many times that, that my family members have been, been through different situations, whatever it may be, I see that in my life because of the covenant that I have with Hashem, with Yudhe with Elohim, with God, with, the, uh, uh, with him, I see that he has dispatched angels in my life and they're taking care of me because the Bible says that the spirit in Ephesians, it talks about the spirit that is now at work in the children of disobedience, which is the spirit of Hasatan or Satan, you see. But nevertheless, God has angels that have been dispatched to help us, to watch out for us, to, to, to help us on our journey. Uh, and let me let me just read the, uh, a couple of passages of scripture to back that up, because I don't say anything unless I have scripture to back it up. Hebrews chapter one, verse 14. Hebrews chapter one, verse number 14. Hebrews one, verse 14. It says, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth? Uh, let me just let me back up a little bit to verse eight. I need to hurry along, though. I'm learning out of time. But unto the son, he said, thy throne, O God. This is in Hebrews chapter one, beginning with verse number eight. But unto the son, which is Jesus, he said, thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the is the scepter of thy kingdom. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. And thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thine hands. They shall perish, but thou remainest, and they all shall wax old, as doeth a garment. And as a vesture shalt thou fold them up, and they shall be changed, but thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail. But to which of the angels said he at any time, sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. Now, listen, this is the verse that we want to focus on. We want to focus on all of it, but we want to highlight this one right now. Verse 14 of Hebrews chapter one, it says, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth? Now, listen to this. Accept this for yourself because it's a word to you and I sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation. Who is that? That's you and I. <laughs> Excuse me. Let me read it one more time. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? The Bible says of you and I that we're heirs and joint heirs with Christ. Who is he talking about? He's talking about you and I. We have some help. We have not only the Holy Ghost, the uh, Ruach HaKodesh, but we also have angels to help us. Also in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2. Hebrews 13, verse 2, and we talked about this last time. Hebrews 13, verse 2, but let's begin with verse 1. It says, let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, he says, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Let me read it again. Hebrews chapter 13, beginning with verse 1. Let brotherly love continue. Verse 2, he says, be not forgetful, to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. Some people have been in the presence of angels. Angels have helped them. Angels have aided and, and guided them, but yet they thought it was just another person. But it was, hallelujah, it was an angel. And I told you in the last podcast that I had an experience and I know it was with an angel. 
there was a particular time in my life when I didn't have any money, not one cent. And I was hungry and I was talking to a stranger about my hunger. And this is this I'm telling you, it happened. I was talking to a stranger about how hungry I was. I wasn't telling him this so that I could get anything from him. I didn't ask him for any money, but I was just getting my situation off of my chest. And this particular person said, look, come and follow me down this road, down this street. I went and followed him. And, uh, you know, if, if my spirit had told me not to, then I wouldn't have. It, 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 it's called discernment. So I went and followed him and walked into this place. And I didn't even look up at the sign to see what kind of place it was. We walked in and there were people eating there. They were eating breakfast and different things and food. And he said, order what you want. So I said, well, if he's going to be nice enough to treat me, then I'm going to order the cheapest thing on the menu. And that's the truth. I said, I'm going to order the cheapest thing on the menu. I ordered me a burger, fry and drink. That's that would sustain me. Then we went back to where we were talking at and I held the door open for him. And there was a lady that was walking behind us. I held the door open for her and she rested out her hand and she shook my hand and she said, God bless you. And I went and I didn't open my hand right then, but I knew she had put something in my hand. And when I opened my hand, it was ten dollars. You see, I remember when I started telling you about what happened to me, I didn't have one cent. Now I'm uh, now I have food I've eaten and I've still eaten some of it, you know, and and uh, uh, and I have money now, you see. And then this particular stranger, we walked outside later on a couple hours later and he said, what time are you leaving? And I said, well, maybe, you know, a little bit later on, four o'clock, four thirty, whatever, or five o'clock. And uh, and I turned and I turned and looked, and then I turned back around to him and he was gone. And I'm telling you, there is no way that this man who I thought was just another person, a fellow human being, not saying that he was any not anybody the way I said it. But I'm saying I thought he was just like me. He was just, you know, everyday person. And when I turned back around, he was gone. This particular person was gone. And And I said, where, you know, to myself, where did he go? Where did he go? There's no way in the world that this man could have disappeared that fast. That was an angel. And no one can tell me anything any different because you explained to me where he went that fast. I turned one direction, turned back to him and he was gone. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, God sends angels to take care of us. These angels are not fictitious creatures. But these angels are spirits. The Bible says he makes his angels. We just read it. He makes his angels flames of fire. He said he sent his angels to minister to those who shall inherit eternal life, who shall in- inherit salvation. Let me tell you something. You know, you, you may think that you're in this world by yourself. You may think that there's no hope. You may think that things look so bad that there's no way out. But let me tell you something. If you are in covenant with God, then God will send you some help. God has already sent you some help, but we can't look for that help with our natural eyes, but we need to say like Elijah, Lord, open my eyes so that I can see what's really going on. Because if we look at things in the natural, we'll get discouraged. You see, we'll we'll give up. If we look at it in the natural, it looks like it's never going to work. But when our eyes are open, then we begin to see the truth of the matter, that God is working all things together for our good. He has his angels. We have his co- his covenant. And and angels are a very big part of that covenant that we have with God. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for your people. I thank you, Lord, for your spirit. I thank you for the truth of God. And I ask, Lord, that you would keep those, Lord, that that uh, are, are, are the called of God. And Lord, those that, that are not in relationship with you, that, Lord, you would cause them to know you in a personal way through the blood of Jesus Christ, through the blood of Yeshua, that they would accept Jesus into their lives right now and believe that he died on the cross for them and believe that he rose the third day and give him their lives, Lord, because it's worth it. Father, I just thank you right now. And I ask that you be with those that are affected by COVID, those that have lost loved ones, that you would be with them, Lord. There's no one that can comfort us like you can. There's no one that can see us through a situation like you can. So, Father, I ask that you would minister by your spirit, Lord, And Lord, that you would just let your work be done 
and even each and every one of our lives. In the name of Yeshua, I pray. Amen. If you want to communicate with me, my email is revkevandtheroot2020 at gmail.com. Revkevandtheroot2020 at gmail.com.